This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yoon at the Second Son of United Methodist Church, June 18, 2023. The message is, when the Holy Spirit moves, the giver of gifts, based on Galatians 5, 22-26 and Acts 2, 36-41. Would you join me as I pray? A loving, gracious God, sometimes we wonder where you are in the midst of all that we are experiencing. We wonder where we are in the midst of it. Lord, you are faithful to guide us through your wonderful words of life, the wonderful words of wisdom. So this morning, O oh God, we turn to you, turn to your words, asking for your divine presence and guidance. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So back in May during the annual conference in Wildwood, I woke up early in the morning and made my way to the shore and walked along the shoreline. Those of you who are the ocean lovers would know, being on the beach early in the morning is a truly a magical experience. As the sun rises, his warm golden rays splash across the surface of the ocean, creating a mesmerizing dance of light and turning it into a stunning golden glow. Now the steady crashing of water against shore creates a peaceful symphony for the ears as each wave carried it with it, a soothing melody. The moment the time seems to slow down, allowing you to fully immerse yourself in the beauty of the moment. It's like the Holy Spirit is whispering through nature, gently reminding you of the passage of time with its waves, arrival, and retreat. It encourages you to pause and slow down and embrace the present moment. Each step you take on the soft sand fills you with a sense of tranquility and freedom, as if all worries and stresses are being washed away by the tide and gentle, refreshing breeze. Standing there witnessing the vastness of ocean stretching before you, you feel an overwhelming presence of the wonders of nature, a creation of God's own handiwork. And out of a sudden, the beach where you stand becomes a sanctuary, a place where you find peace, inspiration, and profound appreciation for life. At the moment, I felt compelled to capture a slice of this breathtaking beauty to show, to show my family, so I recorded this video. Take a look. 
you think this video could truly capture the profound sense of peace, awe-inspiring beauty and wonders of nature that I just described? Maybe. Could it possibly give my children a glimpse of what I had experienced and witnessed at, in this extraordinary moment? Well, my children's response was like, so what, Daddy, after watching it? <laughs> they made it clear that no video could ever fully capture the depth and magnitude of my personal experience there. There is an old American Indian legend that tells of an Indian man who came down from the mountains and saw the ocean for the very first time in his life. Overwhelmed by the breathtaking scene, he requested a jar. As he waded into the ocean and filled the jar, someone asked him, so what do you, what do you intend to do with it? The old Indian man replied, my people have never seen the great ocean, the great water. I will carry this jar to them so that they can see what's like. This man wanted to bring the ocean water to his people to share what he saw. And we wonder, could the jar he brought actually enable them to see the beauty of the ocean or even catch a mere glimpse of its magnificence? What do you think, friends? You know, the ocean is often used as a metaphor to express the vast, boundless nature of God. In Psalm 36, Psalmist proclaims, God's fairness is deeper than the deepest ocean. God's faithful love endures forever and reaches to the sky. God's faithfulness as high as, as, high as the cloud. God's goodness is higher than the highest mountains. Yes, we cannot fully measure and grasp how long, how wide, how deep God's love is, as Paul also wrote in Ephesians 3.18. There is no way to encompass God's immense depth and immeasurable power in our hearts. However, God makes this impossible task a reality through the giving of the Holy Spirit who resides within us, who is closer to our soul than us. How is this possible? And what should we do now knowing this amazing uh, truth? The same question was asked by those who listened to Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. As we read the book of Acts chapter 2 this morning. When Peter finished preaching, those who listened to his message asked him and the other disciples, So brothers, what shall we do? What do we do now? In verse 38, Peter replied, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins will be forgiven. In the Bible version message, it says, Turn to God, change your life. Turn to God. You know, turning plays a significant role in dancing performance. Turns often serve as a transitional movements connecting different steps or sequences in dance routine. 
According to Peter, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and make a turn to God, here's what happens next. In verse 38, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, dancing with the Holy Spirit begins with a great turn in our spiritual journey, a turn to God. Again, this is an ongoing spiritual process where the Holy Spirit takes the lead to guide us and correct our steps along the way. When the Holy Spirit comes and moves within us, we have the extraordinary privilege and blessing to keep in step with the Spirit and dance with the divine flow. Today we are wrapping up this sermon series, When the Holy Spirit Moves. I have a question for each of you this morning. How are you dancing with the Spirit these days, friends? How are you dancing with the Holy Spirit? Are you truly living a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled life in your spiritual journey today? Again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, living a Spirit-filled life, it's not about acquiring more of the Spirit, but about allowing the Spirit to have more of us. It's like a trying to fill a jar that has a little bit of ocean water in, in it versus a jar that's fully immersed in the ocean. Do you see the difference between the two? Friends, God wants to live a Spirit-filled life. And it's possible when we keep dancing with the Spirit. Along the way, the steps we take with the Spirit might look messy, uncertain, as you can see from the slide, or unfamiliar. Sometimes we are unsure of how we are dancing with the Spirit, where we are going in the right direction. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to take the lead in our thoughts and actions, priorities and decision-making each day, we can experience a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is why we should follow the Spirit's lead, a divine flow, synchronizing our steps to match the rhythm of the Spirit, even when the uplifting music stops momentarily in our lives. As you continue to dance with the Holy Spirit, you come to realize that the Holy Spirit also comes to us with many gifts. Many gifts. It's a sacred package still enveloped and delivered by the grace of God. The Holy Spirit, as the giver of gifts, comes to us with the character and power of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to use and enjoy and share the gifts with others and for others in the world. The Spirit helps us realize that these gifts are not just for ourselves, but for our community and our world in need. Remember last Sunday we talked about the critical steps that we take as we keep in step with the Spirit. The first crucial step that we talked about was to recognize our old, ugly, dense moves. In other words, our thought patterns and actions grounded in the work of the flesh. 
that Paul addresses in Galatians chapter 5. And then allow the transforming power of the Spirit from within to work on us at the deepest level. When the Holy Spirit moves, the Spirit helps us to let go of our old, ugly, dense moves, unlearning our godly, ungodly lifestyles that are rooted in the work of the flesh and gratification of it. It's an ongoing process in the lives of Christian working toward perfection, sanctification. As the Holy Spirit empowers us to unlearn and readjust our old steps along the way, here's another crucial step that the Spirit invites us to take. It is to learn new steps from the Spirit. To learn how to dance, love, and joy, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and faithfulness at a deeper level. At a deeper level each day. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul addresses these nine virtues as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. One thing we need to note here is, though, that the word fruit here is singular, not plural. You know, we learn from the scripture that the fruit of the Spirit are not individual fruits from which we pick and choose. Rather, the fruit of the Spirit is the trait that characterizes all who began new life in Christ and keep in step with the Holy Spirit those who dance with the Spirit faithfully. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit is a physical manifestation of a Christian transformed life, a visible sign of the invisible work of the Holy Spirit. Collectively, these are the virtues that all Christians should be profess, uh, possessing in their new life with Christ and be activated in their ongoing dance with the Holy Spirit then you might start wondering why you feel like some of these virtues are lacking or missing in your life right now. For example, you may find it challenging to dense patience or self-control in your spiritual journey with the Holy Spirit. Or it's like you are constantly off staff when it comes to dancing with gentleness and kindness, especially in those tough relationships. And let's not forget about faithfulness, which can be tricky to move to master when it comes to serving the Lord and the church. Sometimes you may stumble and fall after being out of staff over and over. But that's just a sign that you need to cultivate and grow these virtues, the fruit of the Spirit, as you continue your dance with the Spirit. Think of a muscle you have to use when you dance. You will use different muscles in your body as you are dancing. The muscle is already part of you, but you have to choose to use it intentionally. If you want to see any growth, you have to use it intentionally. In a sense, growing the fruit of the Spirit is like growing a muscle. We should exercise them following the Spirit's lead. 
speaking for myself, the part of my soul, the aspect of fruit of the spirit that is that I feel is missing in my journey, spiritual journey has to do with my tendency to resist following the lead of the spirit and insist on my own dense moves. That's, you know, those recurring patterns where I take the same step that throws me up in my dance with the spirit. It causes me to be out of step. You know, it's always that one small step, one small step, one small but critical step that throws me up in my dance, that initiates misalignment. And it's amazing how such a seemingly insignificant move can have a significant impact on the overall dance. It always starts with one small step you take in your dance. Friends, take a moment to reflect on your life this week. <clears throat> Can you recall a specific moment when you didn't feel like dancing love or, or kindness in the presence of a certain person? Perhaps there was a situation that made you want to give up on dancing peace or self-control. Now think about the very next step you took in that moment. What was your step? Were you aware and, and in tune with the movement of the Holy Spirit? Did you allow the Spirit to take the lead in your actions? If not, consider what steps you could have taken in that moment to align yourself with the Spirit's guidance and follow the Spirit's lead next time. Back in February, I received an email from the conference staff that led, uh, left me feeling frustrated. As some of our church leaders may know, I had taken on the role of being a uh, disaffiliating guide for congregations seeking to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. I started this challenging work in October 22, and it took a toll on me hard. It was physically, emotionally, and spiritually draining. After reading these, uh, being three meetings as planned and expected, I finally felt a sense of relief that the, my role was completed. However, a couple of months ago, I received another email regarding additional special meeting that needed to take place. You know, I was required to be there as a presiding elder to lead and final process. I mean, finalize the process. You know, my frustration wasn't solely about attending another meeting. It was about my fear of what I might have to encounter during that gathering. I expressed my frustration in an email to the conference staff and two district superintendents, laying out my concerns and emotions. Ironically, during the month of February, we were in the midst of sermon series based on the Book of Acts. It was just one week after I preached about how the apostles and early Christians were pushed or, or empowered by the Holy Spirit to move beyond their comfort zone. In Jerusalem, into Judea, which was a place that initially rejected Jesus' ministry, and eventually into Samaria, a place marked by hostility and misunderstanding. 
As I delivered that sermon, I found myself personally challenged to discern where my own Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria would be in my current life and ministry. It was a moment of self-reflection where I sought to understand how the Holy Spirit was empowering me and guiding me to step into those spaces with patience and faithfulness. You know, it was those, one of those moments when God tests you whether you live out what you preach. And it became clear to me that next step that the Holy Spirit wanted me to take in that moment. As a guide, I knew where my Judea, where my Samaria are located, and what God empowered me to do there. Friends, the Holy Spirit understands the moment when we don't feel like dancing in the way she leads. The Holy Spirit knows how difficult it is to take that one small step, but critical step, as we follow her lead. The Holy Spirit also knows that there is a step you should take to grow in your dance with the Spirit. The step that you don't feel like taking at the moment, the step that you want to avoid at all your cost. Believe me, I have a lot of moments like that in my life, in my ministries, and sometimes I fail to dance what I, the way I, uh, in the way that I'm called to dance. But this I know, friends, it's all about growing in our dance with the Spirit. When I don't feel like dancing love or peace because of certain person or situation, the Holy Spirit reminds me that it's about dancing with the Spirit faithfully. Not with the person, not with the situation. The gifts of the Spirit we share through this sacred dance becomes a blessing to others in our world. And the Holy Spirit gently whispers to us, Hey, beloved, don't dance hatred. Don't dance unkindness, impatience. Just follow my lead. Dance with me. The other day, my son Wesley and I were talking about uh, something, and before he went to bed, he asked me uh, this interesting question. Daddy, is God real? Is God real? Wow, I love when people ask me these God questions. Not because I can show how well I can explain the answer, but because I can witness to the person's longing to grow in their dance with the Spirit, regardless of their age. And I can tell you this, sometimes we may question whether God is real, but because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, our divine helper, our divine advocate, our divine guide, God comes to us as an everyday reality. God comes to us as an everyday reality through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Don't make the gift of the Holy Spirit an unwrapped gift you put in, a, in your closet back there. Ask for guidance of the Holy Spirit, the power to take the step you must take as you follow the Spirit's lead and grow in your dance with the Spirit. 
Going back to the story in the beginning with the people in the mountains, be able to see the great water through the jar filled with the ocean water? I don't think so. But perhaps through the story and witness of the Indian man who experienced the great water and immersed himself in it. The work of the Holy Spirit is just like that. The Holy Spirit's work is just like that. You cannot show the depth of the Spirit's work within us, but the visible gift of the Spirit can make the, make the invisible work of the Holy Spirit visible to others. Through the way you dance, love. Through the way you dance, joy. Through the way you dance, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. They will witness to the ministry of the Holy Spirit that surpasses all their understanding. Friends, the same call is upon us today. As I once shared, a preaching professor came up with an interesting interpretation of the word guidance, which I found fascinating. When you see uh, the alphabet guidance, right? I don't have to remind you. G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E, that's word guidance. You see, uh, in this word, you see the dance at the end of the word, right? And what this professor saw from this word was when she saw G, she thought of God. And followed by you and I. God you and I dance. So re she reads it as God, you and I dance. That's how she understood what this word guidance meant. But I also believe that's what our Christian journey is about. God and we dancing together. That's what it means to be taking in step with the Holy Spirit. So friends, as you go forth, may each of you continue to grow in your dance with the Holy Spirit and live a Spirit-filled life. Amen.